You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my guests and I tell our most embarrassing funny stories so that we feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and I'm your host. And today I have with me Nikki Dunn. Nikki is a full-time wife and mom of three. She spends what little free time she has taking kids to sports and other activities and making food they refuse to eat. She's a freelance writer, aspiring novelist, and IMDb trivia submission enthusiast. She grew up in Washington State, but currently lives in Phoenix, Arizona. She's also an Irish Aries Enneagram 6 with OCD. Nikki, thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have some questions about your your information here. You're an Enneagram 6. Yes. I remember there are two types of Enneagram 6s. There's like a fearful type and a forceful type or something. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, I am a type 6 loyalist. I am very much the fearful type in that mm. uh, I'm very security-based. I'm the last one going around, you know, at night locking the doors and making sure that all the cameras are on and the security alarms are on and all the kids have covers. I'm, you know, the person who carries a fully stocked medical bag in the car for every Mm -hmm. possible medical situation that could arise at any playground or soccer game or... I love it. (laughs) And if your girlfriends know that about you, do they beg Band-Aids off of you and... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, band-aids, medical tape, ice packs, ibuprofen, nose plugs for nosebleeds, whatever the situation calls for. We were at Disneyland and I had a whole thing and it was, you know, something for bee stings and something for allergic reactions and something for upset tummies and band-aids and, you know, (laughs) MacGyvering flip-flops back together with like bread ties. (laughs) Amazing! I know. I love it. I think that you are an amazing mom. I'm just, you know, getting ready for the the eventual zombie apocalypse. That's my Uh whole plan. (laughs) I love it. That's so cute. Well, fill in the blanks. What did I miss about who you are and what you do? Me and my husband both grew up in a town called Marysville, which is just north of Everett. It's kind of in between Seattle and the Canadian border. We have three kids, two boys and a girl, a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, and an 8-year-old. So we are just dipping our toes into that new phase of parenthood of teenagers, and it is proving to be <laughs> a doozy. something completely we are not ready for, I think. It's an adventure every day. Some days it feels, okay, this is pretty easy, and then some days we're like, oh goodness, what the heck did we get ourselves into? We made a tactical error in getting outnumbered. There's only two of us and three of <laughs> yes, them. <you> fools. So, <laughs> that's oh, when we have to gosh. call in reinforcement usually with the in-laws yeah. and other family. Like, please, <laughs> please help, help us help. figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. It takes well, a village for sure. Yeah, it does. So listeners, the way Nikki and I were introduced to each other is we're both writers for Her View from Home. You've heard me talk about that before. I will link to that site in the show notes. Tell us a little bit about what you write about for Her View and Scary Mommy. Yeah, I write a lot about just what it's like being a parent in today's world. The great thing about those two different sites is that it isn't you know, all sunshine and rainbows about parenting. It's not parenting with a filter on to make everything seem like every day is fantastic. So 
I write a lot about what it's like to be a mom, what it's like to be a working mom, what it was like to be a mom during a period of grief when I lost Mm. my own mom two years Mm. ago. I write about what it's like to lose pets and change jobs and (laughs) unpopular opinions about things that have to do with parenting. So those two sites are so fantastic in that they really just make other women, other parents feel seen. They're not alone in their situations. I learn something new all the time from the people who submit there. And I love that everybody just has that open vulnerability to say, hey, this is what my life is like today. You know, maybe this is what your life was like yesterday or what it will be tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But just so you know, other people have those same experiences. So it's been really fantastic. Yes. Oh my gosh. Aren't we so lucky that we have, I mean, the internet makes mothering harder and easier, but it definitely makes us feel less alone for sure. Let's go through some rapid fire questions. We already know what your Enneagram number is. What is your superpower? (laughs) Oh, well, my superpower kind of goes along with that in that my superpower I feel like is accurate (laughs) self-diagnosis, basically. (laughs) I am a research fanatic. So anything that comes up, Anything that I may need to step in and advocate for, anything that I need to know about, I'm researching it constantly. So my friends used to tease me even back in high school and call me Dr. Nick because (laughs) they would say, oh, I don't feel good. And I would say, well, what are your symptoms? Let's figure out. I have had that myself where I've had to advocate for medical conditions and things like that on my own. But then also in being a parent and being an advocate for a parent, just really being able to narrow down what could be happening, even though it may be rare, what could be happening that's more common, and then giving people just some options, some questions to ask for themselves because they feel like when you're in an ER room or you're at a new doctor, it's really intimidating. And so being able to have something in your tool belt that you can say, well, what about this? Or Mm -hmm. I'm having this type of reaction or symptom. So I would say that's that's my my greatest superpower. Oh, that's that's a good one. I like it. Yeah. And as a as a person who used to practice medicine, bring those things in written down because you get yeah. nervous when you're in front of the doctor and right. both of you are like, we have five minutes, let's figure this out. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's pressure, man. Yeah. And not to be somebody who knows more, obviously, than the doctor, but just to give yourself a little ground to stand on in saying, hey, this is, this is what's been happening. This is how long it's been happening. Uh, you know, I know a little bit about it. Yeah, I've done my homework. Let's get down to yeah. the nitty gritty here. Yes. I love an educated patient. I am not at all intimidated by somebody who's done their research before they walk through my door. Then we're like collaborators. Right. Doctors are educators too. But yeah. the more educated the patient is coming in, the more time we can just spend on collaboration and solutions. And then you don't catch somebody totally off guard. And then... Yes. And then nothing is nothing productive happens because they're so scared or they're so Emotional. intimidated. Yep. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. Okay, what TV show are you hooked on or what has been your favorite binge watch? Oh, goodness. Well, right now I am just so in love with Ted Lasso on Apple TV. If- I'm so jealous. I told my oh. husband we need Apple TV just for Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so sweet. And it's so funny, but it's so touching. And, you know, being somebody who experiences anxiety, just seeing what it looks like from a personal perspective, but also like performance anxiety. There's not a lot of shows on TV where men are experiencing their feelings like out loud to other men, but also to the other people in their life. And, and it's soccer 
which I, or football, you know? (laughs) And so I love soccer. Oh my goodness. I was watching the Emmys on Sunday, just watching them win awards for their performances. And it's so well-deserved. Okay. Well, you've convinced me. I'm asking for Apple (laughs) TV for Christmas. That's done and over with. On any given day too, you can usually find me watching reruns of Friends or The Office or Parks and Rec. Yes. Those are three of my favorites too. Those are kind of my go-tos. Breaking <laughs> Bad, Friday Night Lights. Yeah. So. Ugh, I love Friday Night Lights. Breaking Bad, not so much. We might have to give it another try. I think you have to get through like the first four or five episodes, really get into season two with Breaking Bad and that it just takes you on a journey. But Friday Night Lights, oh my goodness. Coach Taylor, I just need him in my life. Yeah, there's nothing like Friday Night Live. Right. It is so good. Okay, what's your strangest family tradition? (laughs) Okay, so it's not a tradition necessarily, but it's a thing that our family does. And it's so weird. Our old dog, Gage, was a German Shepherd mix. And anytime he would yawn, my husband would stick his hand in his mouth. (laughs) And he absolutely hated it. Well, somehow that transitioned from just doing it to the dog to doing it to people. So <laughs> anytime anybody yawns in our house, especially my eight-year-old daughter, she's so good at it. She has like little ninja hands. You yawn and you're really in this like really great stretch. You know, your eyes are closed and she just sticks her little finger in your mouth and it just interrupts the whole thing. So <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> I know. I love it though. Nobody is safe. And even my husband, who is the one who started this, he, it's kind of turned the tables on him now because everybody will do it to him. And so I'm like, you guys, this has to be an at-home thing only. We can't do this out in public. <laughs> Make sure the kids realize this is not fit for public consumption. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you guys, oh it's weird. It's gross. Like, don't put your hands in people's mouth. <laughs> it's just something weird we do at home. So, Oh, my gosh. Hilarious. Okay. If you could have any celebrity be your best friend, who would you pick? Ooh, so this is a tough one, but I think I think for like a bestie, like another mom bestie, I would pick Kristen Bell. Every time you see her when she's talking about her kids, when she's talking about her work, when she's talking about her husband, she's just very real in how she describes what their interactions day to day are like. And she just seems like so much fun and her whole vibe is make me your best friend. I feel like every time I see interviews with her, I'm like, I think we could be best friends. I think you and I could hang out in sweatpants and brunch together and talk about our kids and our husbands. And I think it would just, it would be a whole thing. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I feel that way about Jennifer Garner. (laughs) She's amazing too. And I, I watch some of her little videos that she does when she cooks, you know, her pretend cooking show. Oh my gosh, she's so funny. And she's in her pajamas and she's not not perfect, you know? I love that. I love it. Mm -hmm, Totally. Okay, well, as you know, the point of this podcast is to mm-hmm. tell our most embarrassing stories so our listeners feel less alone and to demonstrate how connection is forged when we share these stories with each other. So what do you have for us today? As I was talking about from a, like a medical perspective, I had needed to have a, a medical procedure and I'm, I'm, you know, fairly young, I guess. I was 36 and I had already had previous surgeries. I had problems with ovarian cysts and endometriosis. So I had already had several abdominal or laparoscopic surgeries over the course of like my childbearing years to be able to have kids. 
And so then I had my three kids and it was still an issue a couple surgeries later. And finally, it got to a point where I was like, we can't do this anymore. So I had to have a hysterectomy at 36. Wow. And so my doctor and I had had a very extensive history of having kids and having surgeries. And he really despises uh, doing surgery on me because I'm not a great recovery patient. Oh, boy. And because I do not respond well to anesthesia at all. All different kinds of things happen. But the most fun adverse effect of that is I get hysterical and hallucinate. (laughs) Oh, no, you're kidding. No. To preference this even further, and I wrote about this for Scary Mommy as well, is that I am of the probably the minority community that wears a bra 100% of the time. Hmm. So all the time, basically, in some some way or another, whether it's a swimsuit top, sports bra, regular bra, all the time, even sleeping. Okay. It's, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's most people's response. Well, no, actually, it's very interesting that you bring that up because I actually have a line of pajamas that I created because I couldn't find what I was looking for that have shelf bras in the top. Yeah. Because I like I can't just have my boobs at large. It doesn't feel right. (laughs) No. But I want something that's like soft and cozy for sleeping. Exactly. Just enough coverage. And yeah. So I'm totally with you. Ever since I was 14, that thing and I are like it is fused into my body basically. I just I can't (laughs) be without it. So if you've ever gone in for surgery, you know that when you get ready for surgery, they give you the gown, you have to take everything off underneath it. Yes. And I was like, ooh, I'm not going to do that because I have to sit here for, you know, four hours or so before I go in for surgery. So I'm going to just keep my bra on. I'll just whip it off right before they grab yeah, me and we'll exactly. shot it across onto my pile and we'll be good. <laughs> the neat little pile that you have on the chair next year. So I was like, okay, this is going to be fine. I'll just take it off. Well, <laughs> I had been waiting for surgery so long. And of course, before you go in for surgery, you have to fast. And so by the time I went in for surgery, I was having a hypoglycemic panic attack. Oh, I've been there. It was awful. I was in the bed and I'm shaking and crying and they're like trying to get me to relax. And so they put in some of the pre-anesthetic, which calms down the body so that anesthesia can be effective. Well, that's the stuff I can't have, <laughs> turns oh out. Oh, my gosh. You're like, why don't you just so, give a girl some dextrose and call it good? Right? <laughs> exactly. So I, they're wheeling me into the room, and I'm already super loopy. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling the anesthesiologist about how he looks like Chuck Norris. <laughs> Like, you look like Chuck Norris, which means I'm in good hands because nothing can defeat Chuck Norris. And I'm just going on my little tangent. You know he is he's laughing. told that story. I know. <laughs> I I fully expect to, to be an of urban legend at this point in post-op. So <laughs> All the anesthesiologists are like, I'm not taking her this time. You're up. <laughs> They're like, oh my gosh, not her again. So I... Wake up from surgery and I wake up and immediately yell out, Am I dead? Did I die? Are we in the morgue? <laughs> and the post op nurse looks at me and she's like, No, you're in post op. You're fine. You're okay. I'm like, Okay. So I go back to sleep, drift off for about no more than 45 seconds. And I wake up, Am I dead? Did I die? Am I in the morgue? <laughs> and she's like, No. Well, I did this. At least you're consistent. <laughs> I know. I did this for about two hours straight. 
The nurse is like, we've been through this. <laughs> She's like, oh my gosh. Well, then I woke up a little bit more and then all I could do was hysterically sob. That was it. Oh, you poor thing. No words, nothing, just sob. So by this time, my husband is able to come back and the nurse has had it. She has <laughs> had it with me. And so I'm sobbing and she's like, okay, we're going to take her up to a recovery room, mainly because I can't stand her anymore. <laughs> so I'm settling into the, the recovery room and they bring in all my belongings and I'm like, I don't have my bra. I know for sure I had it on. I know I didn't take it off. And so I just, I start hitting the panic button for the nurse and I just start yelling out into the empty hallways of the hospital that Chuck Norris stole my bra. And I'm yelling it, <laughs> Chuck Norris stole my bra. He took my bra. Who steals underwear in this hospital? And the nurse comes in. And I'm, like, demanding her to go find him and check his pockets. <laughs> go check his pockets. I bet it's in his pocket. And she's like, that is not what happened. He does not want a souvenir from you, yes. I promise. Right. I'm like, I bet he has it. She's like, obviously, we're not going to bring this man in to be accused and interrogated. <laughs> she's like, no. So then I'm, like, sitting there, and I'm really convinced that this has happened. And so another thing is I should never be allowed to have my phone after surgery because <laughs> oh no. Then I pull up my phone, I go on my social media onto Facebook and I'm like I don't know what happened, but I'm pretty sure Chuck Norris has my underwear in his pocket running around this hospital. Oh my gosh. And I call my dad and I'm like, "Dad, I just had surgery, and guess what happened? And he's like, oh, goodness. Then I'm telling my dad, like, you have to come here. And he lives in Oregon, <laughs> so he's not coming to Arizona to play Sherlock Holmes. Right. <laughs> so this poor nurse, she is so fed up with me. So she goes through my belongings, and she pulls it out. And I'm so suspicious of her. Like, where did you find that? And she's like, right here in your bag of belongings. Oh. <laughs> so now I think that they're in collusion, right? It's a whole conspiracy in this hospital. Like, they're taking people's underwear. They're going to put it on the black market or something. They're going to sell it. <laughs> so I'm super suspicious. They have an underwear museum in the basement. <laughs> exactly. It has, like, your picture. and <laughs> Oh I was just waiting for, you know, like a trophy wall where it has my picture and it says hysterectomy and it has my bra there. <laughs> <laughs> if I had known that I was going to be in a trophy room, I would have picked a better bra, right? Like not just my <laughs> airy bra. <laughs> so I went in for outpatient surgery. I was there for two days. Oh my gosh. I was a mess the whole time. So my doctor, you know, bless him. He's like, this is it. We're not doing any more of these surgeries because something always happens. All the parts you have, you're keeping. Sorry, sister. Exactly. I don't blame him. I'm like, you know oh what, sir? I really feel like you've done me a great service. You've put up with my shenanigans. And so now I, I think we're done. <laughs> I think we're done oh with it. Oh my this. gosh. That's so funny. 
You got to send donuts to the anesthesia department or something. (laughs) I know. I'm so glad that you don't remember who they are, really, because every time I have gone in for surgery, it has been something. I've acted just completely insane in the recovery room. (laughs) I either think I'm dead or I'm having a lobotomy, or I've been oh, paralyzed. Or... You have a very active imagination. I'm I impressed. Do. No wonder you're a writer. <laughs> My brain creates these scenarios that, you know, there's no way that this is really happening. But to me, it just feels like 100% real, real when it's happening. <laughs> yeah. If I ever run into that anesthesiologist, I will profusely apologize. <laughs> For calling him an underwear stealer. He probably won't recognize you, so that's good. I always told my patients, like, if they were embarrassed to get a pap smear by me, and then they're like, well, now that you've done that, I'm going to be so embarrassed if I run into (laughs) you on the road. I'm like, please remember. I do this all day long. There's no way I'll remember what your cervix looks like when I see you on the road. Yeah, let's not make that our identifier. Like, oh, hey, I remember you. You're the one with (laughs) – that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, because it's just body parts to, to people yeah. who see them all the time. But, you right. know, it does sound to me like you were special to that anesthesia department because that oh. is extreme. <laughs> <laughs> My husband would, he'd come in to check me in for surgery and they'd say, oh, Mr. you know, are you staying? And he's like, no. And they would be like, I can't imagine why her husband wouldn't stay. I mean, it's an outpatient procedure. And then I'd get out of surgery and they'd be like, oh, yeah, she's staying here. Like, <laughs> You had to go get your ducks in a row to stay overnight. Yeah. Yes. So he was oh like, I'll gosh. come back later tonight when she's checked into a room. And they're like, sir, uh, she won't get a room. She's going to Yeah. He's like, oh, just, just wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. I have to tell you that we're going to have to do another episode because you're great at telling stories and we don't have time <laughs> for these other ones. Would you be okay with us doing this again soon? Oh, I would love to share all of my humiliating. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) It's so fun. It's time to talk about life hacks. Do you have a quick life hack you think the listeners would enjoy? Yes. My life hack right now involves sports clothing. As I mentioned, I have a teenager and he is giving off just this, oh, this horrible teenage boy smell. And so we have found that we use the OxyClean Odor Blasters. It's a powder. And instead of washing the jerseys, you soak them in the odor blasters for a little bit, and then you rinse them with water and wring them out, and then you dry them outside, and then no more smell. Oh, this is so good to know. We've got jerseys flowing in this house. Well, that synthetic material holds on to those smells. It totally does. And it dries really fast. So it's not like you have to put it through a spin cycle. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's going on my Walmart list today. OxyClean Odor Blaster. I'll link to it too. The water is disgusting. It's kind of like clothes stripping. If you've seen, you know, laundry stripping. Oh, totally. Oh, I'm fascinated by those. People put stuff in the bathtub and then put all kinds of different stuff in them. And then the water just turns this nasty brown and you're like, oh "Oh, gosh, it's so gross. But it's good because then they, you know, it's not that like scented, like muted smell that's always in the workout clothes. So that's, that's what we're doing recently. And then when we're in hotel rooms for tournaments, and we can't stand to have the smell in the room with us because it's a small space. We take a Ziploc bag, a double Ziploc bag, and we put his cleats or his socks or whatever smells the worst in the Ziploc and we put it in the freezer or the fridge. You know, I've heard about that. Like if you don't want to wash your jeans, 
That's brilliant. Yeah, it kills off the bacteria that smells bad. It's so much less destructive than putting them through the wash anyway for certain things like shoes and hats and whatever. Oh, yeah. And, you know, just so you listeners know, they actually make two-gallon Ziplocs. So they're they're in the very bottom row in my Walmart, and they're huge. But, you know, like you can't – there's no way I could fit my boys – cleats in, in right. one gallon Ziploc. It wouldn't zip. But a two gallon Ziploc, you bet your bottom. They go right oh, in. Oh, well, that's going to go yeah. on my Walmart list then. Two <laughs> gallon Ziploc. <laughs> see, see, we need each other. Yes. What is one surprising thing about you that nobody would be able to tell just by looking? Oh, I would say that I am a full believer that the Home Alone movie, those Home Alone hacks were like the first home security systems. And I still use some of those tactics when I'm home by myself. (laughs) I love it. You're like, don't mind the marbles on the entryway floor. Those are just to make the robbers fall down. We just moved houses and my husband does ultra lightweight backpacking. So he's gone for, you know, days or so at a time. And so my son came in before the security system was installed and he came in and the two patio doors had like a jump rope that were like tied together. And he was like, (laughs) Oh mom, are you setting up your home alone traps again? I'm like, Oh yes. Hilarious. You are so creative. I love it. Uh, that's the that's the Enneagram six coming out in you. Yeah, I, I know, love that. right? Yeah, hilarious. Secure oh the doorways. Well, tell my listeners where they can find you online. Well, like you mentioned, I have a Herview from Home profile. I have a Scary Mom profile. I have Instagram, which right now is still in a private status, but. I'm working on putting a website up because I've been doing some freelance writing to show that my brother-in-law just married a very talented website designer that I'm going to see if I can get a a friends and family discount. Yeehaw! Yeah. (laughs) Creative networking. You're like, as soon as you have your wedding thank you notes written, can you just come on over? I've got some questions. (laughs) I wasn't going to ask while she was planning her wedding, but now that it's over, I feel like it's a good time to say, hey, sis, can you? Hey, I'll write your thank you notes if you build me a website (laughs) Ooh, i like that barter Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she hasn't gotten them done yet you're you're like i'm a writer you're a web designer let's collude that sounds like the beginning of a beautiful partnership yes it does (laughs) oh my gosh well nikki you are a blast thank you so much for being on today and listeners don't worry there will be a nikki part two (laughs) i can't wait Hey, you guys, Nikki and I scratched the surface. So we're definitely going to do a part two. She is so much fun. I can't wait. Make sure to check out fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode one, two, three to find all the links to the things that we talked about today. Next week on this show, we have Julietta Skoog, who has some awesome stories for us. Definitely come back for that. And if you want an easy way to make sure new episodes pop into your feed each week, just click the follow button in whatever podcast listening app you're using. Or you can go straight to fancyfreepodcast.com and always find the newest episode there. And you can listen right on the website. If you have a listener story, email me at notfancy at fancyfreepodcast.com because I love a good listener story. If you want more connection, laughter, and sharing, join the Fancy Free Facebook group. The question of the week this week is, has any... Thing crazy ever happened to you when you've been sedated or under anesthesia. And I actually have a story about this too. It's not as funny as Nikki's, but 
(laughs) that I'll tell you guys in the Facebook group. I would love it if you would follow the Fancy Free Podcast on Instagram and tell a friend about the show. You know all your girlfriends want to laugh about other people's embarrassing moments. It's so much fun. Also, I have an exciting development in at Shelfie Shop. Pretty soon we will have cardigans that you can wear over your shelfies to kind of extend those summer shelfies into fall and winter. Go to Shelfie Shop at S-H-E-L-F-I-E-S-H-O-P-P-E.com now to see what we have available and use the code Fancy Free for free shipping. Have a wonderful week and remember, no one is as fancy as they look. <laughs>